Hey, hey, party people. I'm your host, Taylor Ryan, owner and lead planner at Lemons and Willow Event Management. With a decade of experience in catering, venue management, HR, and wedding planning, I'm here each week with industry friends to answer questions from real couples about how to tackle the unexpected things that pop up when planning a wedding. I'm here to make sure you feel heard in your planning journey, and I'm bringing along some of the best wedding pros in the industry to offer insight and wisdom to help you along the way. We're all here to help you have the wedding day you've always dreamed of and avoid the big mistakes we've seen over the years. This week on the Days and Engage podcast, we are talking about mental health and taking care of yourself and your relationships during the planning process. This year on World Mental Health Day, I posted on our social media about how important it is to take care of yourself and your relationship with your fiance during the wedding planning process. And the response that I received on both my business social media accounts and the podcast social media was overwhelming. So many people DM'd me or tagged me in their stories saying, thank you for bringing this up, or this isn't talked about enough. And I also realized there's a lot of shame and negative stigma attached to being stressed out or sad during this time. And I just wanted to first and foremost say that if you are knee deep in the planning process and feeling overwhelmed or stressed out or sad, or just kind of like you're spiraling, that's totally okay that you feel that way. That's totally valid. And I'm so sorry that this special time has become overwhelming and stressful for you. But just so you know, you are not alone. And today we're going to talk through some tangible ways to manage those stressful situations and how to regain focus on what's important. We're going to answer some real questions from real couples who are in the same boat as you. Here to help me today is Dr. Clay Barnes. He has a doctorate in counseling and he's been doing premarital counseling and officiating for 48 years. Dr. Barnes, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited for you to be here today. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the wedding world and what services you offer couples? Okay. I've, uh, as you said earlier, I've been uh, a Christian minister now for about 48 years, but that's primarily been in the area of counseling, both premarital and marital counseling. I've probably done well over a hundred weddings through the years. So I have seen Uh, some great, exciting joys, and some difficult situations that we have had to process through. Uh, I feel really uh, privileged to walk with people on those special days. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here and bringing some insight into this topic. More couples need to take care of themselves during the planning process. What do you see most often that are key factors that drive stress and overwhelm for couples that you counsel? Yeah, there are really are a number of things, but if I had to pick three, I think the first is a lack of boundaries that are set with everybody that's involved in the the planning process. It's not knowing who is responsible for what, and it causes people to really get cross-engaged. The second one, I think, is that there are unspoken financial expectations And so to be able to, at the very beginning, to say very clearly what the financial outlays are, what the expectations, who's covering what, is essential in in a good planning process. And I think third, third, that people don't see quite as easily is that I think people feel like it's this great show that has to be perfect. And so one of the things I'll often say at the very beginning is this is not a show. And if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, it's not a problem. 
I 100% agree with all of that, especially the the two big ones. I try to remind couples all the time when they start getting stressed out. I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, as long as we have you, your fiance, some rings and a marriage license, everything else is just details. Like that is all the rest of that is just extra fluff and honestly can be nonsense um, if it's taken away from what's actually important at the end of the day. So Absolutely. I agree with that. And then the, the budget conversation is huge. Like if you don't sit down with your fiance and like if your parents are, you know, being a part of paying for things, like everybody needs to sit down together and be like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how much I'm contributing. Not a penny more, not a penny less. And like, be very upfront with that. Cause I feel like a lot of couples get into that conversation and the parents are like, Oh, well we'll pitch in, you know, whatever you need help with. But that could mean a couple hundred dollars. That can mean $10,000. You know, you need to get very clear answers on what everybody is contributing. And I know that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it's right. so important because otherwise you do get into those situations where, you know, you might be expecting somebody to pay for something and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we thought we already footed our part of the bill. Um, so that is so important. I totally it's agree. Not, it's not only a, a dollar amount. It's not only how much, but it's also what you're expecting to cover. So a parent could say, I've got $500, but I'm expecting that to cover some flowers. So you have to have both the what and the how. Yes. Um, that was a big conversation actually when I got married um, because my parents didn't want alcohol at the wedding and we did. And so, you know, we budgeted to where we could pay for the whole thing ourselves if we really wanted to. And um, I told my parents, I was like, if you don't feel comfortable putting your money towards a party where we're going to have alcohol, that's totally fine. We can pay for it. And they said, well, you know, maybe you pay for that part and we'll help pitch in for something else. And so, um, yeah, being upfront and honest is very, very important. Well, with that, let's get into some questions because we've got some really, really good ones today. And I want to make sure we have enough time for everything. Our first question today comes from BLove444. I'm having a really difficult time with my mental health when it comes to wedding planning. I've realized I've become a bit obsessive over it. I feel like I've really started to neglect anything other than the wedding, the details, and my fiance. I'm starting to get worried that once the wedding is over, I'll have nothing left to obsess over and I'm going to feel really empty. As the date of the wedding approaches, I just feel sad about it almost being over. Where do I go from here? Dr. Barnes, you want to get us started on this question? Yeah, no, actually, this is a very common type of question. So first and foremost is to remember that the wedding is a day while the marriage is a lifetime. And so perhaps yes. seeing the day not as a one and done, but as the first day of a journey together. And, and I think being able to put it into perspective that it's not this one day and it's completely over. It is really the first day of a journey together. I had that written down in my notes too. Like, don't be sad that the process is almost over. You're literally about to start the next big chapter of your life with your spouse. Like, that's a big deal. And there's so many things to look forward to, like, you know, starting a family, going on adventures together, maybe buying a house. Like, it's not the end. It's the beginning. It is the beginning. Um, another big thing that I see in that, if you are stressing yourself out and obsessing over this so bad, take a break. Like mm -hmm. if the wedding is completely taking over your entire life, step away from it, especially if you're like a year out or six months out, you know, even if it's just for a week, 
like turn off your email, tell your vendors like, hey, I am going to step back for a week and not do anything wedding related. That is totally fine. Like you don't have to spend every waking moment thinking about your wedding. And I know that's hard when you're in the depths of it, but it is so important to just step back and kind of realign why you're doing this to marry your best friend, (laughs) not just stress over details. Because like if at the end of the day, it's a party, it's not, you know, your whole life is not your wedding day. It is a very important day for you. But if you're just stressing yourself out, it's not going to be as important as it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be able to see that um, as, as a journey and not as a one and done. Yeah. As, as a journey, not as a destination, um, you know, because yeah. people really do treat it as like, oh, I've, we've just got to get to wedding day. We've just got to get to wedding day. Instead of saying, oh, this is something we get to do together to start our lives together. Right. Um, because, you know, you don't have to have a wedding. Um, and if it's that stressful for you, like, you really do need to like take a step back and figure out like what is causing so much stress during this process and like, how can I get rid of it? And shameless plug, I'm going to say hire a planner Um, because a lot of the reason that I do the job that I do is to make sure that couples are not feeling that stress. And I'm not saying hire a month of person because you're still going to be doing 90% of the work and then passing that over like a month out. You need, if you are feeling this stressed out, hire a full service planner and just tell them like, hey, this is our budget. This is what I'm stressing over. This is what needs to be done that's left. And let them take it from there because you should be able to get to your wedding day and say, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to marry my best friend. Because when I worked at a venue, the thing that I heard over and over again, I'd be like, hey, are you guys ready to get married? Are you excited? And they're like, no, I'm so stressed out. I just want to get this over with. And that's not how you're supposed to feel. Well, the other thing that a planner helps with is that that she or even he can be a buffer to yes, a lot of the vendors and family. Yeah. If you if you have those family members who are crossing that line, I tell my couples all the time, I'm like, blame it on me. Be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Our planner said we can't do that. <laughs> like, I don't know them. They're not paying me. I don't care if you blame it on me. Um, so yeah, that just having that extra person to be a sounding board and also to like step up and go to bat for you is just so important. Today's episode of the Days and Engaged podcast is brought to you by the Southern Charm Bridal Show. You are invited to our specialty bridal show on February 25th, 2024 from 1 to 4 p.m. at Southern Charm Events in Rock Hill, South Carolina. With over 40 of the Charlotte and Rock Hill area's best vendors there, you are sure to find the wedding vendors you've been looking for. From catering and photography to tuxes and hair and makeup, the Southern Charm Bridal Show is your one-stop shop for all things wedding planning. Grab your free tickets now on Eventbrite or pay $5 admission at the door. We can't wait to meet you. Our second question today is coming from Booyah Bree. Ever since we got into the depths of planning, I feel like all my fiance and I do is either fight or talk about the wedding. It feels like we never have anything else to talk about anymore. We never fought this much when we were dating. Is this normal? You want to go ahead and take this one? Because I feel like this is your area of expertise right here. <laughs> yeah. And and first thing I'd say, it's absolutely normal. It's absolutely normal when both people's stress level is increased that that whole fight or flight process just steps in full force. So- mm-hmm. 
what I suggest to couples is to set, uh, even if it's four or five times, it doesn't matter, set specific times during the week that you're going to talk wedding. Okay, so on, on Thursday evening from you know, dinner time to 10, we're going to talk wedding. It's just wedding, all wedding details. But after that, it's then out of bounds. And so yes. you've got, and I even tell people, set up a wedding calendar that's a pure discussion calendar. It's on this time at this day, at, we're talking wedding. And then after that, we're not allowed to talk wedding. We can talk yeah. about anything else, but not wedding. I, I think that is one of the most important things. And I feel like when people do that, sometimes they set apart like wedding planning nights, they make it like all business and it has to be like, we've got to get this stuff done. Make it fun. Make it a fun date night. Like be like, okay, you know, on Friday nights, we're going to go out to our favorite restaurant. We're going to, you know, each get a glass of wine and we're going to sit down and go through our list of like what needs to be done over the next couple of weeks. So that way we can divide and conquer but it's not stressful. Cause again, you guys, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be something you get to do together. Not something that is like knocking you guys down and pitting you against each other. And it is totally normal to fight during this time. Cause there's a lot of big decisions coming, especially about money that can lead to fighting. Um, which again is why it's important upfront to be like, this is our budget. Like we cannot go over this and figure out how you want to allocate that. Because if you're just willy nilly, booking things left and right, not talking about it. Like it's going to be a lot more than you initially planned on spending. And that is where 90% of fights come from with wedding planning. And I think the other big stress again is not understanding expectations. Maybe the, the bride expects the groom to handle X piece of it, whether that's you know, your job is to get the photographer or your job is to get the tuxes or your job is, and then the person does it, but the other person is constantly checking up and constantly coming behind and, um, and ultimately says, well, I'll do it. No, no. If you set those expectations up front, you're reviewing the expectations, not the process. Yeah. It's a check off if it's done. And you know, if it's not, then that's a time for a conversation of like, Hey, do you need me to do that for you? Um, which I'm just going to be up front. I have the hardest time with this. My poor husband, he, he is like, if I told you I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, but I am a control freak. So I totally understand where people are coming from with having a hard time with letting things go. But you know, that is just a, that is literally going to be a lifelong lesson that you constantly have to work through. So if you can work through it during wedding planning, the rest of your marriage is going to be a lot easier because you've got to release some of that control and trust your spouse to be able to handle those things because that's how a household's divided up. And I think a reminder too is that let's say the the groomsmen all show up with blue ties and they were supposed to be black ties. Big deal. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> that is not going to affect your marriage or, or shouldn't affect your marriage. Okay, so the pictures don't look quite the way I had planned. We're still married. We're still in this journey together. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's always good to have expectations and, you know, to hold your vendors, especially to, you know, whatever they promise to deliver. But at the end of the day, if you guys are married, that's what you were there for. You know, if 
the whole sky falls apart and it pours down rain and, you know, you get muddy and maybe the food didn't taste the way you thought it did. At the end of the day, you're married and that is what you should be excited about. If you're not, you might want to reevaluate why you are doing this in the first place. Um, which I don't want to, you know, call anybody out saying, you know, you're not getting married because you love somebody. But if you are letting this stuff get to you so bad that you're not enjoying your relationship anymore, then that's a problem. And and at that point, honestly, if you're meant to be together, it's better to just go elope and be done. Yeah, 100%. Like if you guys cannot get through it without you know, the fussing and fighting and being at each other's throats, like just (laughs) elope and just go do something else. Um, because none of this is worth putting stress between you and your fiance or you and your families at the end of the day. And Taylor, this is a place that it's really, it's a good idea to get together with someone who has experience, whether that's a planner or maybe even a counselor and just go, we're bumping heads here. Help us navigate through this particular issue about alcohol or not alcohol or chicken versus roast beef or Mm -hmm. whatever the issue is. Just help us navigate through that. That is completely legitimate and and really a a helpful thing to get a, a second set of ears on the issue. I totally agree. So this next question isn't specifically asking about mental health, but I felt like it earned its place in this episode because it's a huge stress point for a lot of couples. This question is from just gotta know, how do I tell my family members they aren't invited because they crazy? Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. No is a complete sentence. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, if you don't want somebody there because you feel like it's going to cause you stress or they are going to ruin, you know, the time and the effort that you have put into your wedding, just say no. Be like, so sorry. You know, we want to keep it low budget and inner circle is like a nice little way of saying you're not invited. Or again, blame it on your planner. You got a planner? I will tell my couples all the time, be like, so sorry, our planner said we're over budget and we can't invite anybody else. Um, You know, or elope. Like again, if it's it's, it's your whole family and you don't want them there, elope. Don't tell anybody. Have a little party when you get back. Um, But if it is somebody that is really just stressing you out and you don't want them there, you have every right in the world to say, I am so sorry, but we are, have already decided our guest list and you're not invited. <laughs> what do you, what is your thoughts on that, Dr. Barnes? Yeah. The other thing the, the, the beauty of a destination wedding or even a venue wedding is that you can actually blame it on the destination or blame it on the venue. Uh, yes. That's one thing. But the second thing is it's okay let's say Uncle Billy just cannot be at a ceremony without getting drunk and you're having um, alcohol. It's okay. I'm with you. It's okay to say no, mm-hmm. but it's also okay to say to Uncle Billy, we're just not going to have that. That's I'm looking at you, Uncle Billy, you have an issue here and it, it's not going to happen at my wedding. Yeah. I've had couples literally have someone on call. What you know, if if we know, for example, that we've got family issues, 
I will anoint one person to be the family guard. And oh yeah. I always find like a fun is, aunt that likes everybody. And then yes. she can be like, Oh, Hey, you've had a lot to drink. We're going to leave now. And like kindly escorts them out without causing a scene. <laughs> That's exactly right. If you feel like there's just no way around uncle Billy having to be there, then you have somebody assigned to uncle Billy. And that is 100% legitimate. And their job is going I will escort him out. So it needs to be somebody who's got a fairly strong personality, but that's completely legitimate to go through your family list and go, okay, this is the person we have to watch. Yeah. And, you know, I've had weddings before where I've had the couple come up and be like, hey, see that person over there? They need to be watched at the bar. Like they cannot have more than like three drinks. And I've made sure to, you know, have that discussion with the bartenders. And if that person gets upset about it, I am not afraid to go have those conversations and be like, Hey, you've hit your limit. You know, if you'd like to stay, that's awesome. We'd love to keep you here celebrating. But if not, you're welcome to leave. Um, and I know a lot of planners are not as straightforward and blunt as I am, but again, having somebody that is okay, having that conversation with that person and making sure your vendors all know, you know, the key vendors who would be a part of making sure that that stays under control. Know that um, is very important because if you've got a crazy, you know, person who is going to drink too much or they, you know, are going to throw fights. If you didn't listen to episode one, please go back and listen to that. The whole thing's about family drama. Um, (laughs) But if you know that there's somebody like that and you don't tell anybody, we can't help you on wedding day. Like we can only help with as much as we know. So you need to be upfront about that. And I know that can be a little awkward um, if you don't have super close relationships with your vendors, but that's why it's important to book vendors that you are confident in that can handle stuff like that. Right. And, and the bride or groom don't have to be thrown under the bus on that. The person can simply say, I've been asked by the family. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I've, I have had to escort many a drunk uncle out of a wedding <laughs> before and yes. I'll, I'll just blame it on, you know, myself or the venue be like, Hey, we've noticed you have, um, had enough. So if you'd like to stay again, you're welcome to, but if not, then you can leave and I would not mind calling an Uber for you. Um, but again, if it's cause this question says, how do I tell my family members plural, um, that they weren't invited yeah. again, if it's a bunch of people, just elope, just run off and get married. And you know, if you want to have a party with your friends when you get back, that's fine. But don't put the stress on yourself. If it's like your entire family. <laughs> I agree. 100%. It's okay to say, okay, because I have a really dysfunctional family, I am going to have my mom and dad or, you know, parents and siblings and that's it. Or yeah. even less than that. Yeah, that's totally fine. And especially after COVID, like the whole micro wedding trend has gotten super popular where it's like 20 people or less. Just say, oh, we just really like the micro wedding trend. Sorry, we're only having like 10 people there. And those spots are already filled. Absolutely. That's all you have to say. (laughs) Have you been listening to the podcast thinking, man, I wish I could just sit down with someone like this and ask all my wedding planning questions at once? Well, guess what, friend? It's your lucky day. Lemons and Willow Event Management is now offering wedding consulting to anyone. This is a low commitment planning session where you pay $150 for one hour of planning advice. You bring 
all your questions, a cup of coffee, and we sit down virtually and tackle each question one by one over the course of an hour. You can book this service from anywhere at a time that's convenient for you. And the best part is you're not committing to hiring a planner just yet if you're not ready, but you still have access to professional advice. If you'd like to book a call today, head over to www.lemonsandwillowevents.com, click on the packages and pricing tab, and scroll to the bottom where it says wedding consulting. You can book a call straight from the website. We look forward to tackling your planning questions together. So our last question today is from Kala Lolly. Between the pile of bills that has come with wedding planning, the pressure to lose weight so I look good in my dress, and so many opinions from quote unquote friends and family members, I am really struggling. I feel awful for complaining to anyone because this is supposed to be the happiest day of my life, but I'm not having a good time anymore. I just have been really letting myself go, not sleeping, not eating much, and just constantly upset or stressed. Please help. Dr. Barnes, what what advice would you give this poor girl? Well, I, I think the first thing I'd say is I'd love to see brides and grooms drop this happiest day of my life. You're going to have many happiest days of your life. Yes. If, if you get married and you have children, the birth of that first child, that's going to be the happiest day of your life. Mm-hmm. Sending your kid off to college and being empty nesters will be a happiest day <laughs> of your life. So there are going to be many happiest days of your life. So I'm, I just encourage folks. But again, I think that this is such a familiar refrain with people. For I would say to her, try to remember that this special day is not about a show or a performance, but it's about a statement before family and friends. And if, if it's a religious, even before your God, that you have made a decision to spend your life together. It doesn't matter what you look like. You will have lots of other opportunities to look good in a tux or a dress or a bikini or whatever it is. You'll have lots of those opportunities. So I say again, just to be able to see this day as as not a show and not a performance. And if it is stressing you out to lose five additional pounds, don't worry about it. You're going to look beautiful. And mm-hmm. you're going to look beautiful to the only people that matter anyway. Amen. <laughs> so I'm going to reread the last part of this question because I think it's so important. I have It says, I have really been letting myself go, not sleeping, not eating much, and just constantly upset or stressed. First of all, <laughs> Take a dang nap and eat a snack. Wedding planning is not so important that you should be losing sleep and not eating. Because this girl right here, I love to eat. And I love to sleep even more than I love to eat. And I literally do this every single weekend. I know it's stressful. I know it is a lot of decisions to make and a lot of things to do. But there is not a single reason you should not be sleeping and not eating because of your wedding. And Taylor, back to what you said earlier is... (laughs) is take, take a week break from anything to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Second of all, you are perfect the way God made you right now. And your fiance loves you and wants to marry you the way that you look right now, not who you might be when you quote unquote, lose weight to fit in your dress. 
if that person did not want to marry you the way that you look and are right now, they would not be marrying you. So you can take that pressure off to lose weight. I don't know who put that in your head, girl, but like there is no reason you should have to lose weight to fit in a wedding dress. They make wedding dresses in every size and women's clothing sizes are made up anyways. So if you need a bigger dress, go get one, get it altered to fit you and feel comfortable in it. There is no reason you should lose weight, period. (laughs) And I, I think what you're also indicating, which I agree with that if, if it is your fiance that's pushing that, my first advice is run away. Amen. Yeah. If, if you have a fiance that is making you feel bad for the way that you look, that is going to be a lifelong problem. That is not going to be something that goes away after wedding day. And absolutely. And your body is going to change a whole lot more after your wedding day than it is beforehand, because I'm telling you right now, babies totally change the way your body look. And if your spouse cannot love you the way you look on wedding day, that's not going to get any better after you have kids and your body doesn't go back to the shape that it used to be before babies. Like you have got to find somebody who loves you for the way that you look right now, period. Um, and also this is a lot, like I feel so, I felt so bad reading this question when I saw first saw it come in because one, like you should not feel bad for complaining. Like if you are not having a good time, you need to be like, you need to have somebody to talk to, whether that is a planner, a counselor, your best friend, your mom. Like if you need to get that off your chest, get it off your chest. Sometimes just talking about it will make you feel better to begin with. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure you see that all the time with people coming in thinking they've got a bunch of problems, but really it's just because they haven't had the chance to like air it all out. And after they talk about it, like it makes them feel 10 pounds lighter. Well, and even for someone to be able to go, what you're feeling is legitimate. I mean, a lot of times, even in this question, she does feels no legitimacy and I, I, I need to be okay in my skin. No, I need to be okay as someone else is telling me what my skin ought to look like and go, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. And like, you should not feel bad about complaining. Like, and you should not feel bad about being stressed because everybody gets stressed out in wedding planning. I do 20 weddings a year. And I can tell you right now, every single one of my brides has been stressed out at some point. And a lot of times it's an 11 o'clock call at night in tears about, you know, something that seems like a big deal, like napkin colors. And then after we talk on the phone for 15 minutes, they're like, you know what? I feel much better now that I've had somebody talk about this. And also, you know, remind me that napkin colors is not the most important thing in the world. Um, because it does like when it's piling up and you're in the middle of it, it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Like it is hard to see like the end of the tunnel. But if you have somebody that can be like, I hear you, we can fix this by doing X, Y, and Z. And now let's move forward because guess what? You get to marry your best friend. Like, guess what? You're, this is going to be so fun. Like you're going to have an amazing day. And it, it might be the best day of your life up to that point. But like Dr. Barnes said, after this, you're going to have a lot more best days of your life. The only thing I, I, I would potentially add that we haven't really addressed, but I think it's important here is this is why on day two or day three of a typical honeymoon, so many couples, especially brides, get sick. It's because they've had all this built up stress Mm-hmm. And, and it just gets unloaded on their body. And so if you can kind of navigate that stress on the front end, 
mm-hmm. and be able to enter your wedding day with with some sense of of kind of being pretty stable that's just going to go so much further for any kind of ongoing whether you're doing a special honeymoon or just going back home you will fit back in much easier and again if this is causing you this much stress to where you are not sleeping or eating put it on hold put your wedding on hold i've had couples do that before because i have a lot of couples who are like grad students and you know work crazy hours on top of going to school and a lot of times the reason that it's been pushed out is this first part of the question. It says between the pile of bills that's come with wedding planning, if you are getting stressed out about money to where it is making you sick and you can't sleep, push your wedding out and that way you can pay for things more gradually or scale it back and cut out some big ticket items. Like if it's too much, get rid of some things. I know you might lose a couple deposits on, you know, like, oh, we really wanted a live wedding painter or we really wanted a champagne wall and we've already put a deposit on that lose the deposit and like scale it back to what you really want and need there. And that way you're not just paying extra bills just to be paying them. You know, if you have the budget for those things, awesome. If one of those things is the most important to you, get rid of something else. Like if you would rather have a live wedding painter than have a wedding cake, get rid of the cake. Like whatever you can do to scale back and like make it more manageable, do that. And if you push your wedding out longer, like if you have a year long engagement versus a three month engagement, you have a year to pay for everything versus three months. So, you know, I try to tell couples that on the front end of planning. So that way it's a little bit more manageable. But, you know, if you are just, again, willy nilly, just trying to book everything all at once and not paying attention to the price tag until those bills start coming in, it's going to stress you out. Like you have to be very cognizant of like how much money you're spending before you actually spend it. That's great advice. And again, on this question, elope, just, just, just elope. <laughs> like that's, that's going to be my answer to all the stress problems. Like if it is stressing you out so bad, just elope, like just scale it down. Just the two of you and an officiant and go do that instead, because it is not worth ruining your relationship with your partner or your physical and mental health to have a big party. It's just not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Barnes, thank you so much for being here today and helping our listeners through some of these really tough questions. Um, If you could give them three tangible takeaways to work on and make sure that they're taking care of themselves, what would you tell them to do? Well, I think um, what we've talked about, number one would be to set boundaries with all people involved to be able to say and know exactly who is doing what, and then let that go. Other than just a checklist, how's it coming? Let it go. Once you've turned over catering to somebody or flowers to somebody, So Mm -hmm. talk about that at the very beginning. What are the boundaries? Who's going to do what? And one thing we didn't mention, oh, I'm so sorry. One thing we didn't mention about that was that when you are having those like boundary discussions, especially with people paying for stuff, if your parents are offering to pay for something, you need to have the discussion of like, if they're paying for it, how much say do they have in it? Um, So if you think that your parents are just giving you $5,000 for the wedding 
and you can do whatever you want with that. But in their mind, they think they're giving you $5,000. So that means they get to pick out colors or they get to pick out the food or they get to pick out, you know, X, Y, and Z. That causes a ton of tension between family members because yes, they're giving you a gift and they might want to have a little bit of say, but you can say, Hey, we would love to take this gift and you have the ability to come to the tastings with us and have some input on it, but you don't have the final say on this. And I think that's very important. Um, because a lot of times like with vendors, if your parents are the one, you know, signing the check, like your vendors might not know, is this person allowed to make changes on this order? Or is this person allowed to, you know, or should they be copied on emails? Um, because I've had couples like that before where they say, Hey, my mom is going to come with me to this fitting or to this tasting, but she is not allowed to make final calls on things because I've seen that go very backwards before where a mom was like, Oh, well I'm paying for it. So I get to pick what it is. And it turns into mom's wedding versus the couple's wedding. <laughs> right. And and the question's a very simple question. Mom, dad, you're offering us $5,000. What are your expectations of involvement? You just the start there with a discussion. Yeah. And if you don't like so, how they want to be involved, don't take the money. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, I think number two is to, what we've talked about is to set specific times during the week that you'll talk about the wedding, but also set specific times that the wedding and wedding details are out of bounds. You, you mm-hmm. might have a dinner and like you said before, you might go out for a Friday thing and make it fun and talk about wedding, but you might pick a Friday night and say, no wedding talk, just us, no wedding talk at all tonight. Yes. So I think it's setting specific times to have those discussions is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I tell couples is make a wedding specific email so that all your contracts, all your communication with vendors are going through there. So that way it's not constantly popping up on your phone or you're, you know, trying to check your work email and it's just all wedding all the time. Like it not only keeps everything organized to where you're not losing stuff and having to dig through your work email, but it also gives a good like work wedding (laughs) boundary, you know, instead of a work life boundary, it keeps your wedding stuff in a nice little folder to where when you guys are ready, you can sit down, open your wedding email, see what questions you have from your vendors, see what bills need to be paid. But after you're done with that, it closes and it doesn't get opened again until your next sit down. And and that and the key in what you're saying is make sure you don't have that to where you get notifications because you may not see the email, but if you have a notification, that's going to drive you to want to go look at it. So yeah. just make sure that it's not there's no notifications from that email and when you're ready to look at it, you look at it. Yeah. Please be sure to actually look at it because your vendors will hate you if you just yeah. totally forget that it exists. But <laughs> if you have a specific night planned out for that, don't open it until then. Absolutely. And I, I think going to the third thing, I just keep coming back to this. Remember, this is the first day of a journey together. Uh, it, it's a journey that begins with this day, but it's only one day. And you're going to have plenty of days that are perfect and you're going to have plenty of days that are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And, And really for someone who's been married, you know, I've been married now for 46 years. It's really those days that aren't perfect that you remember how you journeyed together through that. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's perfect, it tends to then be forgotten. And I just know a lot of couples later down the road, it's, it's not all those details they remember about the wedding. 
it's seeing their bride or their groom. It's, it's walking down the aisle. It's, it's those things that it just doesn't matter what the colors are. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people put so much pressure on their wedding day to, you know, be quote unquote, the best day ever. And if it's not, that they take that as like a bad sign that the marriage is not going to go well. And that is not the case. Like, like I said earlier, it could rain, the whole venue could flood, (laughs) you know, you could catch the cake on fire. If at the end of the day you are married, that is the whole purpose that you showed up. It is nice to have everything go smoothly. It is, you know, less stressful for everything to go smoothly, But a lot of times those crazy things that go wrong, one, you're going to laugh about them for the next hopefully 50 years of your marriage. And two, sometimes you might not even remember them Um, because again, the things you're going to remember, wedding day goes by so fast. You're going to get to the end of the day and be like, what just happened? I have a whole new last name. I have a whole husband. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I can't believe (laughs) that I'm married. And you look back on wedding day and the things you remember, like he said, are, you know, being able to see your fiance as you walk down the aisle and the people that you love being there to support you. It's like, I cannot remember for the life of me what I ate on our wedding day. And it was only four years ago. And so, you know, like it's not the things that you are stressing about so much that are going to make or break your wedding day or your marriage, your attitude towards your spouse and going into the rest of your marriage is what's going to make or break it. It's not a day. It's not a party. Yeah, and let me let me just re- let me remind everyone that the state of North Carolina, South Carolina, Hawaii, Alaska, wherever you're getting married, does not require that your wedding be perfect. Yes, that is such a good piece of advice. Like nobody has to have a perfect wedding day for you to actually be married at the end of the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Dr. Barnes, thank you again so, so much for being here today and helping our listeners through all of this. Um, If you're listening and you would like to get in touch with Dr. Barnes, please email me at daysandengagepodcast at gmail.com and I will connect you with him there. Um, Dr. Barnes, thank you again for being here. You are awesome and so full of wisdom. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I appreciate having done as many weddings as I have. I appreciate a planner who who is taking seriously the stress levels that other people are experiencing. So you are doing an amazing ministry and job. Thank uh, you so much. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks again for tuning in to Dazed and Engaged and trusting us party people to answer all your wedding planning questions. If you have a burning question and want to answer it on the podcast, head over to at Dazed and Engaged on Instagram and fill out the anonymous form in our bio, or you can email in your question to dazedandengagedpodcast at gmail.com. We might just be talking straight to you next week. Don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe. It helps others to find the show. And tell all your engaged friends, coworkers, heck, even strangers on the street to listen in. Until next week, bye-bye party people.